On the count of three, okay, one, two, three. Hi, my name is Maria Salazar. Maria and, Salazar. Uh, okay, I can see, I can see. I've, I, the moment the button hits record, you, you become, you start thinking about <laughs> all the people who may be listening. Let me tell you, I only have an audience, yeah, an actual audience of about 50 people over a month of downloads. So. Father Capodano uh, in Manhattan, New York. He was a Navy corpsman. Um, he, he died in, in combat, and uh, he got protected in his Marines. So. Got out in 2011. Yes. And, and what did yeah. you do in the Marines? Um, I was a 0411, a logistics specialist. Um, I was stationed with 6-month transit battalion. I had a rep bank in Jersey. Oh, and basically my job was just to keep, you know, our combat readiness um, reports and supplies, ladies and gentlemen, supply in the mix. Have you seen any of those movies where they go, everybody's talking and they're fine and they're relaxed and they go, okay, we're live in three, two, one, and they get this like Charlie Brown grin on their face and like they look like they just wet their pants and <laughs> they can't talk anymore. Like, maybe you shouldn't have said we were live. <laughs> Yeah, here, let me relax you. What are you going to say to the millions of Americans watching right now? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was not any pressure at all. <laughs> of this until just before we went live is that you are uh, a student in art therapy. It's definitely. Like I was, I was telling you before, um, I feel like art has always been a big part of my life, just in general. You know, it's been like one of my coping mechanisms. Um, but now that I, I went back to school, I now I understand the science behind why it's helpful. You know, so it's kind of like an aha moment because like I've always been, I've always gravitated to making art to help me deal with you know anything like throws at you. But now like now that I understand the reasons why. It's become that much more powerful to me because I feel like I can help other veterans come through, you know? Because right. I've been there before and I, I relate to them and I understand that. Well, I mean, I, and, and obviously you're, you're not just out of the service. You didn't just leave active duty. So what steps did you have to go through to get to the point where you realized what your passion was? And and then what, what steps did you go through and how were you able to differentiate when it came down to choose your uh, career path between what you were good at and, and what you just loved? Service members, when we come out, um, we don't 
necessarily talk about how you're feeling, but the sense of loss, like identity, you know, because you don't, you're not a Marine anymore, you're not really a civilian anymore, so it's like, you're kind of in a limbo spot, and mm. and then many of us are very resilient, and you just find a way to deal with it, you know, you adapt and you overcome, and you throw yourself into the next project or, or job that comes to you, but in the back of your mind, you're not having that sense of fulfillment or pride, you know? And it's almost like a self, just walking around. Um, and I think, that was, I think that, that's how it was for me. Because, um, like, I deployed to Iraq and Health 3, and then when we came back, the mentality back then, it was, you know, in, like, in the Marine Corps, it was to fuck it up, don't say anything, because they're going to keep you, like, you're good to go, like, you don't talk about it, you know? So you kind of repress all, everything. And then you just get on with life, you know? No, no, but I think, like, the, the moment that, that was the hardest for me was that I, I think I was carrying on all these emotional, fragmented pieces of myself, but it wasn't until I had my twin that I experienced postpartum, and oh. it brought my TTS to flight, you know what I mean? But the first two years of the life of my kids, I, I kept telling myself, well, yeah, you're going to be tired. You have two babies. You know, of course you're going to feel this way. So I was always making excuses for it. And it wasn't until I went back to school and I, I started learning about the signs and the, you know, every all the science behind it that I, I started thinking in retrospect and thinking, well, yeah, that's exactly what I had. But I never asked for help. I never, you know. Yeah. And then, I was drowning by myself and not asking for help. And, is, and then, you know, suck it up, Marine. That's what, you, what, what, what we hear. Exactly. That is exactly what I used to tell myself. That is exactly what I used to tell myself. Uh, it's like, almost his life, you have kids, suck it up. You just keep suppressing all these emotions and all these feelings, and it becomes like a pressure pot, you know? At one point, mm. it's just all going to explode, and then all these emotions are going to come out, and you're going to feel very unbalanced because you have no control. You're going to have no control over what. You know, it, it's it, being flooding out. So, is this true? Now, I mean, it, maybe you can help me with this. What got them into their PTSD? The event, the occurrence, the steps, whatever it is. Right. It's this pattern. Yeah. I mean, it, and they just re set yeah. it up and relive it over and over and over, and it either confirms what they believed, or or they think yeah. this time, I'll do it different. It's gonna be different and it doesn't, and it reinforces it. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different reaction to, you know, to PTSD. Is that unconsciously you carry yourself or you behave in a way that you are expecting the outcome to be that of. Right. I know this is gonna fail, and I'm gonna try again, and it's still gonna happen because, you know, so it's kind of like an endless circle, and then, you know, you you feel powerless. You don't have self-esteem. You don't have trust in the people. Your, your safety shot. So each time this cycle repeats, it reinforces that feeling, you know? And mm -hmm. that's why it feels like such a, an endless or like hopeless place to be because you're just, you know, you're just going around and around. You can't see the pattern. Yeah. Exactly. But most of us, most of us don't because like I said, most of us have that mentality that, you know, we suck it up. You, you adapt and you overcome. And, because we all ha we're all being told that you know being emotionally wounded is a, is weak, you know, yeah. or whatever. But if someone has an emotional wound, 
or he's just being weak. And I think I think that that should change between especially starting our ranks, you know, mm-hmm. so that everyone feels comfortable enough to say, "Hey, I'm having trouble. I think I need some help," and not feel that you're gonna have a stigma attached to it because you are emotionally wounded. Or enough people, and I agree with you, or have enough people out there that will see it and surround you before. Came out. They're trying, they're focusing on the marine as a whole, you know? Not yeah. just physically, not just intellectually, but also spiritually and morally and, you know, emotionally. So I think we are coming around. I think the new leaders, and, and in both inside and outside the court, are realizing this. Yes. And now they're trying to, you know, uh, bring more awareness and make it okay to talk about it. You said, and you said it without thinking even, you're a Marine anymore. That, I'd like to... Well, in uniform, yeah. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's point out the fake sacred cows where they are. You know, I'm not alive where I am today right now because at any point I felt like uh, once a Marine, always a Marine was a real thing. There, when I was in the lowest parts of my life and I didn't know where to turn, I, t- I tried to reach out to veterans and they weren't there. They, I, I didn't know what this once a Marine, always a Marine thing was. And, and fundamentally right. in the league, I found out that there's not even a legal basis for us to still have our title. We simply are Marines who carry on the title because some Marines decided that we was had so. Pride in it, right. Yeah, and they said, well, what? Right. What gives you the right? And they said, me. <laughs> Nobody wanted to mess with them. Well, do it, because for a moment there, you have to believe that, you know, you are no longer <laughs> legally a Marine. You're not. And I think that is one of the reasons why it's really important for organizations like the Marine Corps League to exist. Yeah. Because it connects the Marine Oh, the civilian marine, if you want to say it, back to, to our, you know, our foundation, and give you that feeling of we still belong together, we still belong, and help watch out for each other. Yeah, the potential for saving lives that the Marine Corps League is a, and it cannot be overstated. You got to give up this whole whatever we're layering all over the term Marine up, if it gets in the way of saving lives. That I think that's a pivotal point. If you catch them before they get too far down, you know? Like, those first six months out of active duty service, or, you know, or just you coming down from your contract, I think that's, those are the, the key months mm-hmm. to engage a Marine coming out. It's a lot harder to, you know, climb back up on, on your own, let alone down a rope dump to get him, you know? Agreed. But if we can get there in the first two weeks, which is like actually kind of my personal go, and just hand them a card. They just got out of duty. I get it. The whole world's your oyster. They don't necessarily want to go rah, 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 hanging around with me. But if that moment comes, they might remember that I made an effort to hand them a card and tell them that I exist and I care about yeah. them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously you don't want to let count on them because yeah, some of them don't want to have anything to do with anything related to Marine Corps when they're out, you know? And I, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. But like you said, plan the seeds, you know? Plan the seed. Hey, there's all these places that you could come to if you ever feel this way, you know? Exactly. Have, have them be aware that there are options so that they can reach out. 
Exactly, and this is about you know? reaching out and saving lives. And more than anything else, I think that the highest suicide rate in America today and the highest in our history is in white male veteran Marines between the age of 45 and 65, of which I'm 46. And, I, and I'm not going to joke or, or lie. I'm always going to be honest in that when I found the league, I was in a, starting to slip into a precarious place. Um, and and right. it came along at the right moment. But that if we're really here for our brothers and sisters to the left and the right of us, then whatever we're doing, uh, what position or post we're holding uh, that defines our responsibilities. Yeah, okay, I get organizational structure and all that, but if it keeps us from being flexible enough to be there when that Marine needs us before they're dead, then let's do that. And I don't need permission because I have a Marine out on the battlefield of life and we wouldn't leave a brother or sister out on in the theater of war if at all possible we could get them I want to understand why anybody is explaining it's different in the battlefield of life. Because we're doing it because we volunteered. Nobody's paying us now. So, once oh, yeah, more, I, I think it goes back to our it goes back to our motto, you know, Semper Fi. Like I will have your back no matter what. You know, like I will be faithful to you because that's what we were we were trained to do, and that if we were in a battlefield. You would be there to have that person. So what? What's the difference between that and being in life? I mean, oh yeah, you know, but the the price the price of life is life. You know, like we're all gonna come out dead. So if you could help your brother and your sister to make it through this battlefield, I think it's even more important. Right, and in Marines, I mean, what what makes us so daunting is our ability to adapt and overcome. Uh, see a situation, identify things that aren't working, and change course if need be, uh, no matter how hard it is. And if you don't like it, uh, sorry, this is where we're going because this is, we have to do something. We have a mission to accomplish. And the mission, I feel, are out here is to essentially save lives. There's not been any other organization in my life I've ever belonged to that it, it was so tight you know, I mean, yeah, we griped at each other and all the stupid, silly stuff. You remember. But in the end, it, when you get out, that's the last time you've experienced it. I, I would imagine well, on that level. Because, I think there's something like fundamentally important about trusting your life in the hands of the person next to you. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I think... That connection is very rare to happen in the Disneyland world, and I think that's—I think that's the point that we should focus on. For, for example, for me, like as my my role as the commandant, that's what I want to do. I want to be the the bridge between the gap between the older veterans and the younger veterans. You know? Yes, you hit the nail on the head.
I just they live through life. You just helped me realize something. I've been asking, uh, how do we bridge this gap of communication? Where's the bridge to the gap that I don't see? What are you talking about? You know, this gap 20 years on either side of our age group. Uh, right. And I, I, it's, I hate saying this because it's true. We're that bridge, actually. We're the bridge. Because we understand where the young Marines are coming from. That that right. ultimately they don't want to become part of an organization that when the chips are on the table and somebody needs help or something needs to be addressed, they don't have time or patience to wait for the wheels of power and tradition to turn. There's Marines that need help. And that's what they want to go do. I get that. And that's where what we I, we, I told talked to you about uh, young Marines have been telling me that's where ah, Ra came from is is a sarcastic dig at the elder generation, not because of disrespect, but because it's harder to bring somebody on board who who has seen and, and experienced and succeeded so much. They're trying to remember what worked so well for them instead of being present. And doing what needs to be done, no matter what it is. Uh, and would you agree with that, that maybe we're the gap in the communication? Because I could see the the benefit of the organization, the deep, deep reach and network into old power and, and ability that I don't have, and the young Marines, younger Marines right. don't have. If, yeah. if once it's gone, it's gone forever. We've lost it. Yeah, I, I honestly feel that yes. Like our generation, it's we're the ones holding, you know, hands with the older veterans and the younger veterans. You know what I mean? A lot of times I feel like we're the ones that make the connection. Like I can relate to young Marines and like I can, you know, you know, kick rocks and like joke around. But then when I need to be serious, I can be serious and connect to the older veterans. You know? Agreed. And that's ba- that's basically like what I'm, how I move around, how I navigate between these two worlds because I want them to come in. Like I like I tell I um I'm also the president at my school, uh, for the Veterans Student United and I you know, when like, I tell my veterans there, I said, You guys you should hang out with, with you know, the older guys because they're established members of the community. You know? Mm-hmm. You guys are coming out of school. You're trying to find your way in this world. They've already made it. Mm-hmm. So look for them for mentorship like look for them for for you know to, to help you guide your way through so a- absolutely i i think that's that's a big important component of how we, we we can connect them and also i've been lucky enough that the marines in my detachment and the marines that i've come with in contact with so far in in the league have been very open to not only a younger Marine, but a female Marine, mm-hmm. you know? They're very supportive, and they're very motivated, and I don't feel that they make me feel out of place, you know? Is and it- I think that's a huge, important piece of it, especially if you want to drive more female members. Yes. This is an important moment in time and space, our, our meeting right now. I, wanna, I just want to highlight it for whoever's listening, or not. If it helps one person a hundred years from now, yay. 
that didn't we really accomplish our mission? Right, right. No, I, you know, I think it's, I, like I said, I am very new, so my experience with the league has, has been so positive so far, mm-hmm. and I think that's the difference, so when you have leaders that accept you and are open to new ideas, you know, traditions are good, but if traditions <coughs> are not working, you have to be open to change, and I mean, and, and, and change a paradigm, you know? Yeah, like immediate pivots uh, for survival. Exactly. Is this is this exactly. is one thing, and, and I think in that it's, it's the key. You know, it's, it's a cohesive understanding from both sides that yes, you respect tradition, but you also need to be open to new things mm-hmm. to make things work. You know. Yeah. And like I said, on on, on my end, I've been very lucky. I'm very supportive, <laughs> and, and I have a really good team and. Yeah. I'm, I'm motivated to hit the ground running, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, I had, well, I just had this picture of mine. You were talking about bridging the gap, and, you know, you can reach across and have, put your hands out. Uh, and, 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 and you do have a, a kind of a unique ability right now to be able to do that because, yeah, the, the younger Marines, I put out my hands or get what I'm talking about on a symbolic and theoretical level. But I, once I put my hands out, the older guys are going to be like, I'm not holding your hand. They're like, no, no, no. I'm serious. I'm serious. Because my experiences have been explaining it. They go, boy, we really need some eggs here if we want to get along and, and accomplish our mission. And I go, ah, sir, I'll go get some eggs. And I, I come back and uh, I, go, I go, Marines, I found I found a, gold, a, a goose and I found this golden egg. And they go, golden eggs? We didn't ask for no golden eggs. No, no, you don't understand. It's made of gold, so like it'll pay for everything we need to accomplish. We're set, and they're like, "No, we didn't ask for golden eggs. Uh, uh, you need to go take that golden egg somewhere else. We want just plain eggs." <laughs> right. Uh, and you know, and at that moment, and at that moment, like you have the burden of being recently on your shoulders, you right. know, because a lot of times, a lot of times, it's it's hard. It's a, it's, a, it's a battle uphill to try to change people's perspectives. But if you fully, fully believe in your mission, then you got to gut it out, you know? I I lead my life with that mentality in everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, like, yeah, people are going to be um, critical of you and how, how you operate or, or, or who you think you are, you know, like... Mm. Why do, why do you think it's special to do this? But if you really need from truth and from your mm. heart and having, like, an honest will to help your veterans and, and a community, mm. I think it'll come down. And it's, it's something that people pick up on. Yes, you know? yes. I, I agree. You cannot fake passion and honesty. Yes. And even if they might, you know, push you back a little bit at the beginning, they're going to see your true intentions and then I'm like, okay, okay. I see where you're coming from, you know? Yeah, and, and, so. and in my in my perspective, I'm I'm okay. I'm good. This was good for me because I I was able to acknowledge for myself that it, ultimately I'm not doing this for a single damn one of them or veterans or, or you, honestly. I'm doing this for me. I need to survive. I want to survive. I earned the title because I did it inside. I still have the title because I want to keep it inside the lessons that I learned. 
but outside of active right. duty, this is still a battlefield. And if anybody wants to challenge me on that, I just have to say we have Marines homeless on the battlefield of life that aren't choosing it. And we haven't sent out a search and rescue team yet. It, just to illustrate that this is every bit a, a battlefield, it's just a different kind. It's a battle you have to choose to engage in moment to moment right. rather than have uh, your sergeant yeah, and, push you. And like you said, it, like the, the, key, the key part of that is that you are not getting paid for it, you know? It has to be an honest intention to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Is if we want to solve, if we want to solve the suicide rate amongst Marines, because that's the highest in our history, and and I think that our core, that's why the Commandant and the Sergeant Major had approached the Marine Corps League, is that we got to do something. We, but why are we not rowing in the same direction? You got any? You know, it's kind of it's kind of like a tidal wave. You know, you start creating little ripples, and then eventually you'll cross the tsunami. You know, mm. and then the thing is, you have to align with people that are seeing your vision and and use them and their energy and their passion to help each other drive it. You know, one person can't do it. One person won't be able to change it. It has to be like a cohesive effort to be able to change. Yeah. The way we, we see mental health, you know. Agreed. We're, we're, uh, but like I said, I find I find that we we're, we're moving in the right direction. We're not moving fast enough, in my for my liking. But I can see that we're we're shifting, you know, sail to the right course. Starting to tack. Yeah, tack yeah. left and right, cut across the winds. Um, like yeah, like I was like I was telling you before, like I, I I've um you know, I wanna do my goal is to work with veterans with uh with our therapies and uh Do do you have a business yet or, or is that you're working towards it? No, I'm just I am just i am just graduating this um some this many I Congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you. That was just, that was hard. Being a full time mom and a full time student and everything else that but so um, but my goal, because I see it, I see it happening all across, you know, like I, I have friends, I have actually just a lot, a lot of Marines that, um, you know, they're in Colorado, they're in Pennsylvania, they're in Chicago, they're in like, you know, uh, Ohio, and all of them have dove headfirst into art, you know, and a lot of them are actually working with ceramics, which is the medium that I, mm. I chose, but I, this is the, 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 therapeutic benefit of creating art is tangible you know yes. you can see it um, and I'm, I'm very passionate about that I definitely that's my goal and I, I would agree uh, with you 100% yeah. and what I what I, what I found is that if you have for me I'm just creating the safe space the structure uh, where they can come to their own realizations without me dictating to them right. how they how they come about to it. I just say, here it is, have fun. If you're not having fun, uh, I might ask you to leave, uh, but do come back again and try and have fun. Uh, yeah, I can't overestimate how 
I agree with you 100% that that is therapeutic just to have a safe space where nobody's dictating to you or trying to give you some professor's method of how you should or some sergeant major of the Marine Corps who did, but just letting you be. Because it doesn't matter really uh, how we get there as long as we're there. We just are using the fact that we're Marines to get us to that point. Right. If you, I mean, would you agree with right, that? I, I think, yeah, definitely. I, <laughs> there, there, you mentioned two aspects that are, are key components. It's having a safe place to be creatively vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know? Because when you think about it, like any, any form of art making, it's a visual language that you're expressing your, you know, your emotions, your subconscious. Yeah. Something in the back of your subconscious is coming out, you know? Whether you're being aware of it or not. It's going to come out. And yeah. having... Exactly, exactly. And having a safe place to do this and do it on your own, at your own pace, it, that is where that door opens. Mm. You know, you feel more at ease and you feel more comfortable. And, and then you put your guards down, then maybe you can talk about it, you know? Yeah, and I want to... But it's, it's having... Breaching that initial wall, that is the biggest problem. Yes, and that's and the most hardest. And, and I think it's important to interject here uh, that that between me and you, we we understand this. But I want our listeners, or anybody who's thinking about it, anybody, anybody, hold on just a second. Oh, thank you. Anybody, anybody who wants to do an art day or art night, you don't have to have any kind of skill. You can do it. I did it, and and but the safe space is so important. What does that mean? It means no politics, no religion. Right. Nobody's asking right. each other no about combat or anything that's going to get people yeah. riled up. Yeah, you can talk. But uh, who, who are you serving when you're trying to interject uh, today's latest political news? Is it, it Does it help us achieve our mission? It, it, no, it doesn't. Uh, so as long as that safe place is maintained, good. You can do an art day or an art night and you can uh, have supplies or however you want to go about doing it. Your local veterans and Marine Corps League will be more than happy to help endorse or maybe even support it. Uh, but, but don't, if you do decide to do this, you, for example, when you graduate, you'll be qualified to do analysis to make notes to do proper referrals to someone uh, for someone to maybe a specialist or to point them in a direction yeah. that's going to make sense for them medically but i can't do that right. and i should never try right and you shouldn't right because exactly you know, once you open those emotional gates you really you could cause more damage you could drown in their flood um yeah yeah and then you can re-injure them and it, it just becomes a bigger mess but it, uh, that is an important, important thing to highlight that you said. I mean, creating art as an activity has therapeutic benefits, you know? Yeah. It, but there is, like, people shouldn't say, oh, it's art therapy, because it's not. Like, art therapy is a specialized profession where you create a treatment plan for that person right. using art as a vehicle to get into their emotional locked spaces. And that's what and that's you'll a do. a huge difference. 
Exactly. And that's a huge difference to highlight because you're di- because creating art is not, you know, therapy. It, 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 it makes you, it gets you into a state of relaxation and it's good, but it, it's not, you know. It's letting your guard down enough that your subconscious exactly. has a way of communicating right. productively. Because we right. all know how unproductive think, is. Exactly. And I think, like, as, as an art therapist graduate, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but uh, <laughs> it's important that you highlighted that, you know, the differences. Because a lot of people get confused. They're like, oh, like, for example, I heard of a, of a Marine um, in one of those uh, veteran groups that just committed suicide a few weeks ago. Oh, and the comments were like, oh, but he was doing so good. He was painting, you know? Like, that's not a proper treatment. You know? Yeah, like, what what that means, yeah, Marines, that we we missed something. Exactly, exactly. Or, or you know, like he just he wasn't he wasn't reaching for the right type of help. Yeah, he was painting. It's a great thing because it was helping him cope for that moment. It was mm-hmm. giving him a relief for that moment. But he wasn't addressing his issues. You know what I mean? Oh, good. And well I met. think that's important to highlight. Yes, well met, well met. That is so important that. Just like when we're out in the theater of war, uh, we wouldn't leave another Marine out in the battlefield. You know, the the League uh, just put out in, in the first quarter their Simplify and let everybody know that they had an open call to rewrite their mission. What's our mission? And it, honestly, I mean, the mission that they had a suggestion it was kind of rah, 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 patriotic, whatever. What is our mission? Right, that's an important thing because we're the only congressionally chartered veteran service organization in the world, which means right, we're right, charged right. by our citizens, by those who are protecting us, and the charge they have given us is to render all aid to to all Marines, uh, FMF right. corpsmen, and chaplain, family. yeah, and their families, and their orphans, and their survivors. Exactly. And, and nobody because seems to understand what that, that means. That's a blank check to take care of each yep. other. Nobody really has understood yep. the power behind that. So on now, what is our mission? If it's anything other than free and clear of politics and religion and anything that divides us, if it's anything other than saving each other and helping each other make it to the finish line in one piece or as much as we can muster then they might as well shut their doors because there's no point yeah I, I, maybe I that's too bold I, I, I think I think we need to focus I mean it's, like I said I what drew me what drew me to the Marine Corps is you know we still have the uniforms, so you still have the pride, you know, of being seen as a Marine in the community, you know. Of course, you always want to look nice, right? Our uniforms are, are good. But with that attention, I think we need to make the connection to the human side of the Marine. Yes, yes. You know? There is, and, and that's that what's missing. the key point. It, it, do you, that's, it's missing in our, in our society, in America today, what there's no example of is an example of service that isn't self-serving and i'm talking about religion ultimately right i'm talking about politics i'm talking about 
we don't, nobody has anything to look to and go, that's true. Because when, no matter what we're everybody else is saying, they seem to just do what's right when it needs to be done. And everybody else can just fall in line and follow us or whatever. But they're just doing it because they see it. And and I, right. Marine Corps League is uniquely positioned to be that and be a uniting force. Right. If they can look in the mirror and say, am I the greatest impediment to our survival? Or, or am I the best thing that helps us figure out how to move forward? As, as long as we're saving lives, I'm about it. I could give a damn about a uniform or a cap or whether they it, it, they have right, all the patches. Right. If it stops me from well, helping a Marine, think, I'll wear anything if, if it'll help a yeah. Marine. Yeah, but I think it comes, to, it comes in a balance, though, because, you know, because you are visible in the community, mm -hmm. it draws attention. So you have the responsibility to carry yourself in a certain manner, but also keep always present that your basic goal is to connect yeah. with, you know, the Marine and his family. So, yeah, it, it, it's a very, you know, like you said, a lot of times you feel self-serving because I guess no good deed is truly altruistic. <laughs> no, good, no good deed will go unpunished. I know, it happens all exactly, the time. Exactly, but you have to... <laughs> but you have to just always keep that in mind, you know, like being in the public eye comes with responsibility. So yes, you have to carry yourself in a certain manner. It's true. And because you have pride in the way you present yourself. You know, and... and but and always keep checking yourself why. The why right. you're doing it. The why is important at all because my, all the detachments in the region after the fires went out and helped people find housing, find shelter, got food, and we performed in such a manner that, say, National said, you know, y'all did amazing job helping people with fires. I mean, it's just, you couldn't look over there and not know you were helping. You're going to get this award, and you can wear it on your chest because we say you can wear it. It is not attached to anything except right. the fact that we right. see you, we see what you did, I don't need a blood stripe on my pants. That's what I did when I was in active duty. But if there was something I right. did, like if we saved lives on, uh, when when a community was flooding, yeah, man, let's and, let's and recognize I think that's a really that. Important point, like you know, I think that's a very important point. Like we we, we shouldn't get we shouldn't get caught on appearances and so much of the the essence of you know the reason why we're doing things. I, I have to say I'm completely shocked right now. I'm looking up at the the, the system and we're, we're hitting 52 minutes. It did not feel like 52 minutes, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I can talk. I can talk a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Well met, Marine. Well met, Marine, because the grease that is going to keep us going is communications. And I get, is I think unconventionally that you drill down to any if somebody has an accident, injury, or God forbid a death, or things aren't working right, and you start from where it went wrong and work backwards and dig and investigate and dig and investigate, I guarantee you, every single time, 100%, it started in the soil of poor communication practices and procedures, but under-communicating means lives. Hey, don't they say, like, I still make some sleep out of you and me? What does it? 
Oh, assume, don't, don't assume anything because it makes yeah, the yeah. ass out of you and me. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that you should always speak your mind clearly and slowly so people understand where you're coming from. And you should also listen, you know? Yeah. When you listen to people's stories and their point of view and where they come from, you're more likely to find points where you both connect. <sighs> yeah, that's powerful. Uh, Without on a doubt. human level. Is it, don't get so wrapped up in your <laughs> position that you can't hear Communication is key, exactly. and sometimes people will have like exactly what you needed to hear. Uh, yeah, so since we're beginning, uh, we're gonna start having our meetings every Wednesday night. Uh, no, 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 every second Wednesday of the month. Mm. So if any Marines are in the Nassau County, New York area, come on down. Or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, and we'll give you all the information there. And do you have a website yet? Um, no, not yet. That's why we, we just set up a Facebook page and an Instagram page. That mm -hmm. way we can start connecting. And you have a location um, and address? We, yeah. Mm -hmm. Phone, email, address is all on there. Excellent. So just like, search Father Capadano, MCL, and then you'll find us. And do you have any other uh, social or regular meetings besides just the, uh, the monthly meeting that you want to make everybody aware of? Or are you all still figuring that out? Outstanding. County. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, is there any oh, yeah, way? Yeah, Is there will always be somebody uh, who can get back to them within 24 hours at the Facebook and whatnot? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very quick to respond. Excellent. Well, we do want to also say that if if you're trying to reach out to somebody and it's an emergency or you feel like uh, something that shouldn't happen might happen. Uh, you can reach out to us, but we're we're not experts. If you feel like you're having thoughts about things that you shouldn't, please reach out to uh, your nearest uh, emergency room, 911, or, or Veterans Hospital Outreach. There are people and resources for you. You are never alone. Uh, one last thing. Let me hear your best hoorah. Hoorah! Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, appreciate it. It was a good show, and I hope you'll uh, grace us with your presence again in the future. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. It was good. And keep me up. Oh, wait. Give me up uh, to Zoom with the, the new shows you come up with, too. Absolutely. I sure will. Okay. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for joining us at In the Fighting Hole. And remember, if you're in the East Bay or in the San, South Bay in San Jose or in the North Bay or in the city or over there in the Valley... We sure do have a detachment that's near you. Just look up the Marine Corps League in your area and you'll be able to click on it and find out what times we meet and also tune in and pay attention for any kind of announcements the Marine Corps Life Network, especially if you're a transitioning Marine, FMF, Corpsman, or Chaplain. We want to reach out to you and make sure that you have the resources to be able to succeed in this new phase of your civilian uh, life that's coming. Again, thank you for joining us. Our next show is going to be, we have two shows in the can, actually. One is Pete Turner. He's the podcast host for the Break It Down podcast. He's based out of L.A., and we have another uh, guest. His name is Gustavo Ambrosio, and he is a, a programmer at large. So we 
get really deep into some geeky programming stuff. So if you're into that or you're into any kind of uh, information technology stuff, uh, you're sure to enjoy that show. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And Semper Fidelis, I'll see you soon. Good night.